You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Well, welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. My name is Hannah Bowers, and I'm the host of the show, and I am delighted to sit down with today's guest. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you for having me, Hannah. I'm super excited to be here. Well, I'm delighted and looking forward to our conversation. We've just had great conversation even beforehand, and we've talked a couple times already. Um, And so I kind of want to, before we dive into our conversation, I want to set the stage, you know, you're a midwife, you've worked for a long time, Um, you obviously have expertise in all ends of the the spectrum fertility through postpartum, but um, can you take a minute just to tell us, why did you go down that path? What made you want to become a midwife? Oh, I love this question because honestly, it was when, after I had my first and she was born in the hospital and it was you know, like all the things you're a brand new mom and you're, you know, you're, you've waited nine months for this, for this baby. And you go to the doctor and he tells you, yep, you're having contractions, you're in labor. And, you know, you can go ahead and head over to the hospital, but take your time. Heck no, I'm not going to take my time. I've waited nine months for this. <laughs> I'm going to race over there. Well, I did. And, you know, 36 hours labor later, mm. finally I deliver a baby and it was with forceps and, you know, all the things. And, and after that, I just thought, oh my gosh, there's got to be a better way. And mm-hmm. a friend and I were talking and she said, you ought to look into a midwife. They're a lot cheaper. And we were still paying for that first one when I was got pregnant with my second mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And it's so, expensive. Yeah. And so originally it was for those finance reasons, because it was cheaper to go with a midwife. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I realized soon after that, oh my goodness, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. This is where I want to empower women to help them to know that they have choices too. And so in the beginning, it was, um, you know, I, I saw women after they saw the double line on the stick, you know, that was just, and I, and I carried them throughout their pregnancy and postpartum and even into their children, having, having babies now, Oh wow! but in the last probably three years it's been, you know, somewhere three ish years that has totally flipped. And I see way more families that are trying to conceive and having a Mm. hard time than I do. You know, I still always have my expertise and passion with, with those that are pregnant and I love to help them, but I'm also seeing, uh, something that there's a gap that, Mm. I, that I want to help. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. Mm, That's awesome. But uh, quite a a shift though. Did you expect when you went into, to this work that you would be doing preconception and fertility care uh, or was that really come as a surprise? Oh no, that came as a total surprise. I was not expecting that at all. You know, I, my expertise lies in pregnancy and I can tell you all the things to do and not to do and how to have an easy labor and birth and postpartum and all the things, but I had to learn about Mm. the the fertility side of it. And, and actually it came pretty, it's like, it was a calling. It just came naturally. It was just like downloaded that information to me and 
And I've been able to help so many women now, Mm. and it just warms my heart. I have so many little testimonies that come in, little texts, little messages that come in. We got our rainbow baby today, Mm. or, you know, I finally got that, uh, you know, a positive pregnancy test or, you know, so many positive stories. And that just makes me remember why I do what I do. Mm, That's awesome. And yeah, absolutely heartwarming when you get to see the fruits of that labor. For sure, for sure. Well, you know, midwifery care, this is, you know, every so often we have someone in our community who is like, I have a midwife who I'm receiving care under, um, but it's not common. So let's kind of break that down. What does midwifery care for fertility look like? It, is it different than going just to your regular OB and um, getting treatment? How does that contrast? Let's, I'd love to dive in there. Oh, I love that question because honestly, I think our culture is like, we've all, we've been set up and conditioned to when there's a problem, you go to your doctor mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, uh, you know, doctors have their medical mind and, and they want to help. Um, but honestly, I, I feel like a lot of it comes down to nutrition and mm. taking care of our bodies and, and, you know, hormone balancing and hormone balancing comes back to the liver. And I mean, we can go and dive deep into all of that, but I think really the answer to your question is we've been, we've just been designed and led to the doctor mm. and to turning our power over to that doctor and thinking that he, he's going to tell us all the things that are magical to make, help us to have that positive, uh, you know, pregnancy test and help us to have that baby in the end when actually there's a lot of natural things that that can happen. And there's a different relationship between your doctor, your, your regular medical healthcare provider and a midwife. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm all about let's, let's figure this out together and let's go to the foundation of nutrition and, and our, our toxic, our toxic load, reducing our toxic load and and getting rid of those endocrine disruptors and things like that that your doctor doesn't even talk about mostly mm-hmm. because he doesn't know in his defense he hasn't been that education isn't isn't part of his his journey and i think that's that's often really shocking to realize you know we go we have this perception that when we go into the doctor's office, they are knowledgeable on every topic, but medical education is limited in what they teach. Doctors who generally know beyond that have had to put out a significant amount of money and time to to learn more things. And, and if that's of not of interest, then it's probably just not going to be added to the toolkit. Right. Absolutely. And like I say, they get, they really get no nutritional education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and I really feel like that is a, you know, that that's a foundation. And Mm. so I think that's where, you know, I often, I get people, the moms that come to me are the ones that have tried everything else. They've been through the system. They've been through trying to get pregnant in room four and, you know, doing the IVF, doing the in vitro, all the things. And now their finances have run out. And they're tired of that. They don't want to get pregnant in room four. They want to have this intimate experience, you know, at home and the way it's supposed to be. And so they've tried everything else and they just like, okay, I, I give up. I'm, you know, or they'll come and say, well, I've tried everything else. I might as well give this a shot. 
Mm, and, and so I'm just doing a little happy dance because I, you know, of course, everybody's experience isn't always positive. I, I, you know, you can't guarantee that, but I know I can absolutely help them get on the right track to then be able to, you know, hopefully have a successful outcome. Mm, Absolutely. So we've talked about how nutrition, that's a critical key step. Um, Tell us more about these endocrine disruptors. Now, that's something I'm familiar with, but I realize that's something that a lot of the fertility community is just unaware of. I think it's growing. People know about it, but what are those? Oh, so we have, um, you know, we take into our bodies all sorts of, um, you know, like those things that that disrupt our endocrine system. So mm-hmm. just as an example, we have estrogen in our body and we have xenoestrogens. The xenoestrogens are the bad guys. And they are they're they're like on a race. The estrogen and the xenoestrogens are on a race to get to a cell, a specific cell where they can actually it can actually turn the lock and in it opens and they can do what they're what they're supposed to do for our body. But I can tell you the Xenos are going to win every single time. Mm. They run faster. They live longer. They're they're the bullies out there. And so they're going to push that good estrogen out of the way and take its place in that cell. But once it gets there, there's nothing it can do. And so that's what gives us the, the um, faults reading of maybe, uh, uh, estrogen dominance because Mm. there's, you know, there's all this estrogen in our body, but really none of it is working because the good estrogen can't get to where it needs to be to work. And the bad estrogen, the Xenos can't do anything no matter. And so, um, you know, there's, there's nutrition that you can, that you can do to help actually bind to those xenoestrogens, those bad estrogens and carry them out. So the good estrogen can get to where it needs to be. And those, those xenoestrogens that those are the endocrine disruptors. Those are the waxy on the apples. Those are the perfumes, the candles that we burn, the, the, you know, the toxic, all the toxic things in that we use the toxic cleaners and all those things that you think don't make a difference. You're trying to really be clean and bleach everything or, you know, put Lysol and everything, but those are endocrine disruptors and they are those xenoestrogens that go in and cause such great havoc. Mm, Yeah. And I think there's a, just, just kind of a, it's almost like we don't think when we say fragrance and I actually had this conversation recently, which is why I wanted to bring it up fragrance, you know, you think, oh, it's perfume. I don't use perfume. It's not a big deal. But like you said, candles, huge source of endodisrupting chemicals. And then even things like unscented products, you know, I flipped over the back of a bottle of something unscented at the store a long time ago, and it still contained fragrance or, or things like, um, I, I tend to shop a lot at more of healthier stores and you still have to flip it over because it'll be, it'll be, it'll have that greenwashed label and it looks natural and it says it's got essential oils in it, but it still has that parfum in there hiding. And it's just crazy. All of these places that they just stick, I, I use fragrance as the example, because I feel like it's, it's one that we don't anticipate, but it's just kind of stuck there and you really got to go on the hunt and find it. 
You're right. Even like our skin is our largest organ. Mm -hmm. And so anything that we put on our skin goes internally to us. And so like your makeup, I was mm. using a, um, a primer for a long time and I had a blood test um, done in the last couple of years and my silicone levels were sky high. And my mm. doctor asked me, have you had any mesh implants or breast implants? And no, I've never had anything like that. And he said, go home and look at all of, you know, he was kind of baffled at the, at my number because it was so high. I went home and looked at all of my skincare and my, like my primer, every primer on the market has silicone in it. Wow. Even our supplements have silicone in them. Mm. And so I got rid of all of that, completely all of that. It was like, oh, I hate to say goodbye to my problem. I <laughs> yeah. love it, but yeah. which is, you know, I had to decide which is wh what's my priority here. And I redid that test after, you know, giving all of that up and it didn't take very long. And those numbers were right back down to a very normal wow. range. So that just shows you, um, you know, what, how um, potent all of that is in our, you know, when just putting it on our skin. Mm, but how encouraging that is though, you know, that the, the level can return to normal fairly quickly. Yes. Once, once it's gone, you know, you gotta get, right. gotta get it out of there, but. Right. And like I say, I was pleasantly surprised that it was pretty quickly. It didn't mm. take mm -hmm. years. It just took a few months and, mm. it, and that it was totally reversed. Mm, that's awesome. So, you know, we were kind of focusing on uh, fragrance there for a minute, which um, a lot of people turn to essential oils when they want something different. And I know that's an area of expertise for you. Um, so are essential oils a good alternative? Well, what's your perspective? Can we just swap them, swap them out products one for one? What do you say? Of course, essential oils are my expertise and passion, especially when it comes <laughs> to pregnancy, birth and babies and, and trying to conceive because they, you have to be careful. First of all, really, you want to make sure that you're using a brand that you trust, that mm -hmm. you know, has been, that has been tested, that there are no chemicals, fillers, or anything, any um, herbicides or anything extra added to them to make them go further or, you know, anything like that. You want to make sure that they're really tested so that they are mm. pure. You can have, find an essential oil that will say pure on the bottle, but really there's no, there's no, um, FDA monitoring that it can be 10% mm -hmm. pure and still have all these fillers in it and be called pure. And mm -hmm. so you really want to make sure that you have a, um, a product an, an essential oil that you trust that, you know, has been tested that, you know, it's doesn't have any fillers in it. And that is, um, you know, that it, that is safe to use. It took me a long time. I've used many brands of essential oils and it took me a long time to, to, um, trust a brand that I felt comfortable using with my, with my moms and these, and these babes, because, you know, I certainly don't want to do anything that's going to harm or mm -hmm. anything like that. And, and there are essential oils that can cause contractions. And so mm -hmm. I want to be careful in using those in, you know, in pregnancy, um, essential oils are great to help detox our body. And so that is a really great, uh, you know, in the door foot in the door, when we're talking about fertility is using these essential oils to gently detox and help feed our liver again, where, mm. where those hormones are, you know, it comes down to the liver and our liver has 
like 400 jobs that it does in our body, but it gets the least amount of gratification. (laughs) And so when we can give our liver citrus oils, it is doing a happy dance because many hands make light work. And so like your liver is kind of like a colander and everything has to, has to flow through this colander, this filter. And sometimes those little holes in that, in that colander get clogged up. And so your liver gets sluggish. You've heard that word before mm-hmm. and, and just, just clogged up. And so there's an essential oil that helps go in and open up all those liver ducts so that now everything can process through it much more easily, efficiently, and effectively. And so there are lots of things like that, that we can do that um, aren't drugs that are natural They're They are effective. They're, you know, cheap. And especially compared to fertility treatments and, and even medications. Mm, Absolutely. Now, one question that we do get occasionally uh, from our group members is, you know, can I use this if I'm taking a medication? Because, you know, a lot of, some people are thinking, okay, I want, I want to keep doing this route, but I'd like to add this in. So is there any concern here? Do we need to be worried about uh, essential oil drug interactions? That's a great question. So the oils that I use, I have not had any sort of contradiction at all with them. I have um, clients that are going through the the fertility process, going through IVF or, uh, you know, whatever that looks like for them. And I can still recommend my, my protocol. I have a fertility protocol that I recommend, and I can still recommend every one of those oils and supplement products to, even when they're going through that kind of a, a situation, there are some, um, contradictions like for instance, if you have um, heart issues, you might not, they'll tell you, you can't, and if you're on heart medication, they'll tell you, you can't have grapefruit. Mm. Well, grapefruit essential oil is different than the meat of that grapefruit. And so grapefruit oil is totally mm. fine to use it. The grapefruit oil comes from the rind of that, of that fruit, and then it's cold pressed. And so you don't have any of the meat of that grapefruit in in that oil at all. So it's totally fine to have, to use, you know, with any, you know, heart condition, we're not talking about, you know, heart mm-hmm. problems, right. but just an, as an example, I do not have any contradictions with any of my protocol or anything that mm-hmm. I recommend for fertility, even though they're on, um, might, might be on fertility medication. That is actually that and many more tips and tricks and information is in my book that I wrote essential oils for pregnancy, birth and babies, and it has sold over a hundred thousand copies. So I have that and I have a digital guide that um, is a companion to that, that I have, it's a, there's a whole chapter in there on fertility and how that, you know, all all the ins and outs about fertility yeast mimics estrogen also. Mm. And so you know, when we clear our body of that candida and yeast, then again, we have a, we give ourselves a higher chance of having those balanced hormones. Amazing. Well, we're going to include links to both of those in the show notes. So if you're hearing that and you're like, oh, I got to go get a copy of both of those. If you just head down below, wherever you're listening, you'll be able to find um, information on that. Well, Stephanie, thank you for just taking some time talking to us about all of this. If someone's listening and they're really connecting with what you're saying, where can they reach out to you? So I am the 
essential midwife anywhere you look. I'm my email is the essential midwife at Gmail. I'm the essential midwife on on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, anywhere you go, you'll be able to find me when, if you do a search for the essential midwife. And my website is of course the essential midwife.com. So perfect. Well, well, uh, well yeah, perfect. We're going to include all of that below as well. Thank you for taking the time today to talk to us. It, before we wrap up, uh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but if, if there's a piece of encouragement that you could share to someone who, who is struggling, what would it be? Uh, what would that be? You know, there, there isn't always a, a positive outcome. I, I get that. I, I hear that, but, um, when we're on this journey, it's a health journey. It's a health and wellness journey. And mm -hmm. the healthier we are and the more balanced we are, then the more we we raise our, our opportunity to be successful. And so keeping those um those stress levels at a minimum, taking time to just breathe. I I teach box breathing to my clients, mm, you know, in great. into the count of four, holding it to a count of eight and exhaling to a count of four again. You can figure out, you can kind of find your own rhythm, but that breathing actually literally lowers our heart rate when we do mm -hmm. that. And so we find ourselves in that stress, stressful situation. You just did that pregnancy test and you don't see those two lines again you know, take that time to just breathe because we have to complete that stress cycle. There, mm -hmm. There's a stress cycle with it. There's something that happens that triggers that stress. And if we don't complete that and, and breathing is a really great way to do that, then it affects us on a physical level. And so you'll, you might find you get sick you know, or you get a cold sore or you, you know, all the stress things that happen. And so if you just take time in that moment that you feel stressed in, that you can feel that in your body and take that time to breathe, that will help. Mm, that is a wonderful tip. Um, thank you for sharing that. I, I can personally attest to how helpful that box breathing is. So if you've never done it before, take this as the invitation to spend a few minutes and get familiar. Well, Stephanie, you thank know. you for taking the time to just chat, share your wisdom. I am thrilled to share all the links to your social platforms as well as your website and your book in the notes below. But um, with that, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank I think we'll sign so off for today. But um, I wish you all a wonderful day, and we will be back with another podcast soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode.